welcome back to No to Benny. We are live in the same room, Nate Freeman. It's been a fucking minute. I'm sorry to all our fans out there. We've been uh, we've been summering as a verb. We took a week off because it's July. Was it just a week? It feels like it's been so long since I've had you in my ear drums. A week and a half ago, we were in Manhattan. Things were happening. Now things have slowed to a halt. But we're here live from Sag Harbor, New York. God, it's great to be back. Uh, it's a oh. rainy, rainy day out there. My tennis just got called halfway through. I didn't get in the cardio workout that I needed today, but that's all right. I'm happy that we can get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, obviously we're at the event of the season last night. Uh, the really cursed parish gala. It was not good. It was not good, my friend. I'm sorry you slept all the way out here on public transportation in order to attend. Honestly, I love coming out here for literally anything. Uh, and the train is quite delightful, uh, I might add. So I love the train. I send the wife back and forth on the train every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I came out for the Paris Gala. But before that, I saw some great gallery shows out here. I just want to tap in. This is where the culture is right now. You yeah, know, everyone's it's, out it's here. True. Everyone's out here. I've been hanging out with everyone doing... Really, very few art affiliated things, but seeing all the people that's great from the world of the arts that's great. Um, what did you go see? Uh, I saw a nice little group show at Jack Hanley's little space out here. Jack was just in the back jamming on his typewriter or whatever he does. He, I was hoping you were saying it was jamming on his guitar. <laughs> no, that would have been more fun, that would have been a real, real treat. But they have a nice little group show. There's a show, Canada Next Door, popped in to check in with friend of the pod, Harper, at his gallery and bookstore. Really nice. Catching they had a up big opening at the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also in East Hampton, I know you saw the show because you're staying with the proprietor of the gallery this mm-hmm. weekend um, at the David Lewis Gallery. A great show called Syphilis, curated by Adam Cohen and Anton Kern. Uh, Anton Kern. Uh, of course. Anton's contribution consisted mostly or entirely of a very deeply disturbing French film that I think uh, traumatized him as a youth. Well, I think a lot of things traumatized Anton as a youth. I love that man. It was great to see him out here mm-hmm. and hanging out. We were at a 4th of July party the day after the opening oh, that together must have been a couple of days after the opening. Yeah, that was a good time watching. Anton was giving me some, I was I was took over the grill mastering duties and Anton was giving me oh. some tips. Who's making sure that the burgers were well seasoned. That's two men I want on Grill Patrol. It was you pretty, and Anton It was Kern. pretty cute. It was a good time. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Um, yeah, it's been it's been busy chill out here. I feel like I'm more social out here than I am in the city. I, I can imagine. More, more things to do, family things, you know, lots of time at my friend's club over at Devon with the kiddos. Ooh, love it. Um, lots of Barry's, obviously. Lots of linking and building with my friend Joel Messler, the artist who's mm-hmm. out here. Obviously, you know, he and I are actually collaborating on a show that's opening on the 3rd of August. So maybe really? we'll be out here for that. Yeah, um, it is going to be at the Sag Harbor Chabad Center. That is amazing. Um, so pretty stoked on checking that out. You were talking about this at uh, Eleanor Carey's wonderful home, and I honestly thought it was a joke. It's, it's not real. a joke. It's real, and we have. I'm not going to leak any of the artist list as of yet. Maybe mm-hmm. next week on the pod, uh, or maybe Joel and I will get on to chat about it. But yeah, it's got some pretty serious artists uh, wow. included, and uh, I, you know, it's not the it's not the greatest, most white box art space. But I think it's the funky and weird kind of thing that maybe in this moment with the art market is having a little bit of trouble moving from second to third gear, shall we say, kindly. Uh, the kind of weird, funky stuff that we can do and uh, and keep people interested. And we're not doing it for money; we're doing it for love. Wow, that sounds great. I'm I mean, try things to will be for sale if you see anything in the show on Instagram. You want to buy people, <laughs> but we're doing it for love. And twenty five percent of the proceeds, which will be going to help support the Chabad Center. 
if you don't buy from the show, you are hurting the Chabad Center of Sex. You might Harvard. be anti-Semitic. I yeah, don't know. I, don't I'm know. Just saying, I, I, I didn't say it. I didn't say you it. Know, all you alt-right kiddos, you better get get there with your wire transfer funds. <laughs> anyway, that does sound wonderful, and I can't wait to 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 see the the artist list. I'm sure it's 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 fabulous, and I'm gonna try to come out for that. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, and I'm uh, reverting back to last night. It was a be- it was a beautiful event. Even it though was. it was cursed, it was gorgeous. It was super humid, but the the rain that's arrived today held out. Cocktails in the garden. There was a lot of human models uh, provided by the Max that's like Mara a, brand. a Hamptons gala thing. You have to have the weird Can human. You still model. do that in 2023? People were weirded out. People even, were a little weirded the, out. Even though I would argue I don't know them well, but I'm guessing unwoke uh, financial titans that were sitting at my table were like, I don't think you can do that anymore. That didn't seem right. Yeah, maybe it's time to phase that out. I think. Yeah, very beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But sure. Like, you know. Uh, I don't know, but with the cool thing they were doing, uh, where they were Max Mara brand had provided people that were making flower crowns that That's you could have true. made for yourself. I didn't have one. The wife did. The five year old this morning when she woke up to it was pretty stoked about it. But I love the flower crowns. That was a nice touch. Very midsummer. It did remind me of Florence Pura, like burning in a house or whatever. It happens at the end of that movie. Sorry, spoilers, alerts, all that. But yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't write for guests of guests, so I'm not sure who did it, but the floral arrangements from top to bottom made these great hanging kind of like things over the tables that dinner took place Love at. Love the floral arrangements. It was a beautiful evening. It was honoring our friends, Eddie Martinez and Sam Moyer. Super cute. They were mm-hmm. amazing together. They looked they looked incredible. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, also our friend Hank Willis-Thomas, who wasn't able to attend because right. he had an opening uh, at Pace Gallery in Los Angeles. Uh, so his mother, uh, that was a, that was a nice historian, touch. photographer, yeah. photo historian, uh, accepted the award. That was a highlight for me. There was a lot of talky, talky, talking. A lot of talky, talky, talking during dinner from the podium. Uh-huh. Too much talky, talky, talking. Yeah, a lot of uh, clanking the forks on the, the the glasses to get people to shut up, uh, to listen to the people talking. It was a lot of back and forth. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it, I, I'd like to add. I'd, 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 I'd add some edits. I have notes. I won't get into them on the pod, but I have notes. Um, it was really nice to see the galleries that that represent those two wonderful artists. Timothy Taylor was in attendance. I was I was kindly invited, and we're sitting was sitting at the table of the Timothy Taylor Gallery. Uh, Tim was in town. It was only his second time ever in the Hamptons. Um, he had brought his wow. son over, who's also with the gallery, Shout obviously. Columbus Taylor. Uh, Columbus in an amazing uh, eggplant-colored suit. Yeah, uh, Columbus really very kind of Wimble- best dressed. Wimbledon-themed, I would say, in well, a way. Well, he came straight from Wimbledon. Yeah, that's that's some G-moves. Um, <laughs> he brought Eddie a water bottle from Wimbledon. I saw that. I saw yeah. Eddie walking around with that. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, kind of super fan Eddie Martinez. Uh, Sam's gallery uh, was well-represented. Um, mm-hmm. Blum and Poe. Blum and Poe, but also her New York gallery. Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly mm-hmm. uh, was well represented. And of course, uh, Eddie's uh, Eddie's gallery from LA. Yes, uh, Blum and Poe was there, as well as uh, Mitchell Innes and Nash mm-hmm. were in attendance. So that was pretty cool. Uh, other notable people I saw, uh, Chum Langhorn was rocking a, Chum. a crazy suit by his usual conservative standards. He looked great. Um, and uh, he was there with uh, I, all sorts of friends. I was at a table with Ugo Rondonone. We linked and built. It he was, was rocking a really cool combination of a seersucker suit coat with some sort of strappy Grecian sandals. It looked fantastic. Yeah, I loved great. his look. I loved his look. Uh, we discussed his upcoming show at the Gladstone Gallery in New York, which I'm sure will be great in September. Um, that was fun. Who else was there, though? It was it was funny. You look out across the sea of maybe 200 people. Not a lot of the, the faces I know from the New York art world. More of a Hampton socialite vibe, mm-hmm. I would say. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just stating facts over here. Yeah, my table was helmed by the uh, great New York socialite, Debbie Bancroft, who was a sponsor of the event. And that was kind of the vibe. It was, it was a very Hamptons forward uh, event, uh, which, you know, not really my milieu. I like to dip my toe into it. 
Uh, but, you know, very Hamptonsy. It was cool to be there. Obviously, uh, Sherry Husepian was there, uh, mm-hmm. the artist during the cocktail hour. Uh, her gallerist, uh, Rachel Rich Uffner, Uffner was, was there, there well. looking great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's it about that event. We got out there early. I think one of the most G moves, this was discussed around my dinner table. Um, uh, Tim was there with a, a couple of clients who were putting him up for the evening, um, which sounded like their kind of amazing uh, home. And they were like, should we wait for dessert? Which was taking forever. Here's the other thing about the dinner. There was like 45 minutes between courses. And they were like, let's just go get ice cream. And my wife and I looked at Baller. each other and it's like, Let's go to Budaberry. Wow. We're gonna grab some Budaberry. Wow. Uh, and that is just what we did. We grabbed some 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 soft serve with all the toppings you could imagine and came back here and relieved the babysitter. Oh, it, was a, it was a good move. I was pretty happy with it. Amazing. And then this morning, uh, before we, we met up, I went to the church, which is Eric Fischel and April Gornick's great fabulous space. space. A really interesting show this year, I thought. It's a boxing-themed show. I thought it was great. It was a really wonderful show. It's, it's very nice to go to a show early in the morning. It was empty except for Eric, who was there setting up for a talk. He was putting out all the chairs. Like putting himself. out the chairs? Yep. I love to hear that. That's yep. amazing. Yeah. Uh, great to see it. There were some really wonderful works. Eric has a really great new self-portrait of himself in the studio, sort of in repose as a boxer would be following a match. And that kind of metaphor just extended throughout the show. It's like the artist as boxer. I mean, briefly, just because you bring up his work, we should uh, just uh, rewind just a touch in mm-hmm. that they were opening or, or showing off some of their shows at the parish last night in addition to the gala. You can right. walk through the shows on your way to the dinner, which I thought was nice to set up. And it was artists uh, that have a presence out here in the East End selecting works from the parish's collection. The parish is 125 years old. So I wouldn't say it's a deep collection, but it's quite broad and mm-hmm. spans a lot of time. So Eric, uh, in addition to a couple of his portraits, both from his collection, I think one or two that are in the collection of the museum, picked some portraits from the museum's collection. That was cool. Sam Very Moyer cool. Uh, selected some works by Linda Banglis, yep. uh, who she had worked for uh, originally That's out right. of the Yale mm-hmm. uh, Art School. So that was interesting. So there, there was some art there. Anyway, continue on with the with, with hangout. Do you hang out with Eric at all? You say what's up? I said what's up, but he was... Busy setting up for this this talk, you know. Um, but I, I really like the show. There's a great uh, Martin Kippenberger from the collection of Christopher Wool and Charlene von Heil that is yep, in the show. That was cool. That was very cool. cool. I don't think that gets out much, you know. Like I said, great new Eric Fischel. Um, well, when you have a when you have an art uh, an art space kind of founded and I think predominantly funded by two artists, they can probably get access to some loans mm-hmm. that more mere mortals wouldn't wouldn't be able to get their grubby little paws on. Totally. Two great video works that that I was kind of surprised by. Paul Pfeiffer, great artist. Paul Cooper Gallery had a video of Manny Pacquiao uh, in which his opponent had been erased from the video. So it's just Manny Pacquiao getting sort of beat up by a phantom. It was really stirring video work. Also a Sam Taylor Johnson work of Vitaly Klitschko, the Ukrainian boxer, and his brother, whose name I can't remember, both of them in the three minutes after their fight. What's interesting is Vitaly Klitschko is now the mayor of Kiev. Oh. And is, is fighting the war. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I know. So just like really great show to see first thing Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. It's, Sunday it, morning in the it, church. Sunday, Sag Harbor Village is a great place to walk around on a, an overcast slight to be about to be rainy day, mm-hmm. I, I would argue. That's totally. like when it shows off at its best. Exactly. When it's like really sunny and full of tourists and huts, a hut, maybe not so much. No, you get to the real Melville heart of Sag Harbor. So you've mentioned, we've mentioned uh, a lot of the shows that are on out here. I think we should mention if we're talking about the Hamptons and the Hamptons Arts scene the shows that are not here because a lot of galleries that opened during the pandemic and the couple years that followed 
are no longer here. There's no mm-hmm. more Listen Gallery, Curry Manzudo, Scarstead, mm-hmm. Sotheby's. Uh, yeah, Sotheby's Christie's gone. doesn't have a presence out here uh, mm-hmm. as far as I know. For anymore. Brewing Gallery no longer out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, and a few others I'm sure I'm even forgetting about. Did, did Christoph Vandewey uh, mm-hmm. had a space for a minute that was out here, right? It was quite a big boom, I think. Uh, you know, post-COVID, I think summer in the city was very dead. Now there's a lot of people staying in the city. There's a lot of action. There are tourists back in the city. No one's yeah. staying in the city. Everyone's in the fucking Europe. Right, I know. But like I think that that maybe they felt like it's less of a hub. I don't something. think they were making any money. Well, that too. I think it's a, a basic, well, basic that too. And it, this ain't high level finance. I think they were selling less than it cost to keep these spaces open. Right. Um the the only a stalwart, like large scale stalwart, is uh Hauser and Wirth that mm-hmm. you know I haven't you know obviously don't go to Southampton really. God um, no. so I haven't been there yet. Um and I think Phillips had a, a major space there that is no longer uh in in existence. That being said, Max LeVay holding it down with the ranch. Uh, I wish I could have made it out there this trip. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to. But next time, for sure. Um, yeah, so so that's it from the Hamptons. I mean, talking about auctions, I'm going to mess with our with our with the order that we're going to talk about in here. But just because I was thinking about that Phillips is in here. Where mm-hmm. Phillips is is in New York City in their relatively new headquarters mm-hmm. uh, on Park Avenue. And they're holding an auction in July. There was also just some <laughs> online-only sales out of the London uh certainly Sotheby's, I'm not sure about Christie's, but I think so, mm-hmm. will have some other online sales based out of New York coming up. There's hundreds and hundreds of lots of contemporary art being sold in July <laughs> in, a, in a moment where the market is, I would say, tepid at best, uh, coming off really disappointing results for the first half of the year from auction houses, but especially in the major, quote, and I put that in quotations, major sales in London in June. I'm not sure what the auction houses are thinking thinking necessarily other than they have a bunch of gear that people need to get rid of exactly i mean it's just inventory that they need out is that it yeah but what it's what's happening is because these sales are not performing well and i think as much you know certainly because the market's not in a super hot spot but also because it's fucking july yeah uh what they're doing is booking uh booking sales and creating permanent records for artists uh work that are going to be subpar at best for those things that even find buyers but it is but, an accurate reflection of the market as it stands as it stands in July of 2023. So I can't, you know, I can say it's dumb of them to be having them, but they need to have sales to make money. And uh, I guess it is a reflection of reality. And I will say, I've also been able to scoop up a couple deals over the past couple. I'm weeks. sure. Yeah, I mean, like right now, if you're an adventurous buyer, you can get some incredible deals, right? There was a painting last week by a major German female artist who used to be married to a major, major German male painter. Uh, a very hard to get, I think, a very important and underappreciated series of of paintings by this artist, and she's mostly known as a sculpture. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a small example, but that would trade from a gallery that would cost you fifty, sixty thousand dollars, if not more. We're able to grab it for twenty thousand pounds. Wow. Uh, Look so at you that. know, and it's a really important. It's a significant artwork. It's something in twenty years. I know we're going to be very happy. This collector is going to be very happy to own. So you can gre- get great deals. It's just not great for the market at large to be booked. And we may be seeing more of this because as these as these prices get registered the value of work that people might have loans against is decreasing. 
combined with rising interest rates, you might see some major things have to come to market because people are just unwilling to continue to pay the VIG on the loans they've taken out against this art over the past few years of a low interest rate environment. Right. So I think we're going to see the effects of that in November, perhaps, maybe perhaps, even October maybe. in London. Generally, you wouldn't want to sell right now if you have any reason not to, if you have any um, play, unless it's, a, unless it's a death situation or something like that. But I think we may see some things come up just because of the squidgy market. And I think we're going to continue to see opportunities abound for people that are willing to have balls mm-hmm. of steel in a falling market. And, you know, there are people who do have those balls of steel. Uh a couple of those people that have balls of steel are some of the art fairs, which went ahead and made some major purchases. I'm, of course, speaking specifically about Freeze acquiring in one fell swoop the Chicago Art Fair and the Armory Show. Expo and the Armory Show are now owned by Freeze. What do you think they paid for it? I think they paid very, very, very little cash money. I don't have any inside information. My guess is it was probably they took over a bunch of debt. Um, maybe they paid out founders small, you know, low seven figure sums would be my guess. Um, I don't think that either of those fairs were throwing off a tremendous amount of EBITDA. And so I can't imagine that the prices paid were, were many multiples of like maybe a barely in the black figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's rewind back to April when we were both in Chicago and we were waiting in line for an architectural tour. And who did we see, but Simon Fox, the head of freeze and Christine Messineo, the director of Freeze New York and Freeze Los Angeles. And I guess they were there to... They were scouting the goods. <laughs> yeah, scouting the goods or to write a check. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we both clocked that and it seemed... I, I wrote it up as just being generous uh, members of the arts community, but <laughs> yeah, I guess right. I am a bit naive in many ways. <laughs> Yeah, we should have just looked at them and be like, okay, we see what y'all are well, doing. And they seemed a little bashful, right? In right. retrospect, yeah. I can read all sorts of things into the interactions we had with them. <laughs> right. They they seemed caught, I think. Um, neither are major fairs. I don't think either were making a ton of money. Uh, and uh, my guess is that they won't slap the Freeze brand on them. Certainly not in the short term. Maybe not ever. Um, but it's a way to lock in leases at two valuable properties. Right. Um, it's a way, you know, I think there's probably a little bit of cost savings in that, you know, VIP services, certain backend things, even without changing the branding, um, can happen. But I don't think right now they would want to, dil- I, in my opinion, they wouldn't want to dilute the Freeze brand with either of those fares, which are of a less high quality of what we think of when we think of Freeze. And I say that with no malice uh, and with a warm heart. But the level of galleries just aren't quite there, the level of programming, certainly not the level of collectors. I'm not sure if they would want to put their name there to either try and swing collectors coming there, because the problem is there if they try and get their VIPs there and induce them, and it's not a fare of quality, it's kind of egg on their face, that dilutes the brands. And same with their true clients, which are the galleries, they don't want to try and force some of the big galleries to come into these fairs if they aren't going to perform very well and, and sell and sell art. So my guess is they won't do that. And further, the problem with one of these acquisitions, specifically the Armory in New York, is the dates almost exactly overlap with the Freeze Soul Art Fair in September. Um, so I don't think they want to cannibalize themselves there. Right. I mean, one uh, thought was that perhaps that they bought Armory in order to get access to the Javits Center, which is way bigger than their current home in the shed. But as you mentioned earlier, the schedules for these convention centers are booked out year round. Generally, what I'm told is about 10 years in advance, these schedules are booked out. So I'm Mm. not sure how that works, but maybe it gives them some sort of additional leverage in bargaining power and working with the Javits Center to change around those dates. Mm hmm. 
and or maybe they have some leeway in Seoul to to figure out those dates, which right. have never really worked. I mean, for me personally, I'm not sure about in the Asian context, but you know, it is the end of American summer there and European summer for that matter. Um, and it's hard to get people to travel, although they know their audience is specifically, you know, uh, is Asian in that context. Right. But it is Labor Day here. And then also the days after Labor Day, immediately after Labor Day, are some of the biggest in New York. That's when a lot of Chelsea shows open. It's a tough time to leave either your, you know, the Hamptons or the city. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different because things really spin up. You know, I was talking to, to Tim Taylor about this. You know, London's kind of, you know, it's 12 months a year, really steady business because you never know when you know even though because americans are traveling through london and stuff maybe on their way to european vacations or or people from the middle east swing through london um they do business but really new york restarts that first week of it really does yeah and it's really like zero to a hundred because you're like at the beach on monday all of a sudden you're in chelsea tuesday it's really just like like whiplash right yeah but it's 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 certainly um the owners of freeze you know it's certainly them committing to the art fair space and doubling down so i don't think at least financially their investment thus far has paid tons or any dividends so Mm -hmm. um i'm sure there's a meta play there um and uh we'll have to wait and see what it is but i think there's a lot of back-end uh cost savings that can be had by rolling these fares at least into the machine that is free but on a macro level, it does, you know, instill some confidence in the fair as a place as a model. That, yeah. yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, last October when I spoke with our Emmanuel uh, for a story of Vanity Fair, it was right as Basel was about to launch Perry Plu, uh, which turned out, I think, to be a huge success. And this could be seen as a sort of response to that if, you know, they are to put their name on these fairs and say, like, look, we are opening a freeze in Chicago. We're doubling down in New York. Maybe, it, it you know, that's their play. Maybe it is a freeze play. Maybe it's a listen, if Ari knows anything, I'd say it's branding, right? Yeah. And so maybe it is about the brand building. I just don't see it just because the quality of that fair, in my mind, isn't there yet. Um, right. They and- would have to up the quality. They would have to convince the major galleries in the States and in Europe that Chicago is a market they want and to be And what part they of. have right now is their brand that actually puts their brand at risk as much as it is a potential brand building. Look, but we'll see. I, we love Chicago. I love Chicago. I think that it could work there. It's not going to be as big as New York or Los Angeles, but they could have a nice little Midwestern fair there if they really committed it. Also, it is, uh, you know, by, by making it even less London-centric, where two of their major fairs are, uh, Freeze and Freeze Masters, um, you know, because as you speak about Paris Plus, I mean, a lot of people have to make hard choices, mm-hmm. both gallery side, artwork material side, and certainly collectors from outside of Europe's side, mm-hmm. of which of those two they're going to attend. I know. Um, you know, if they can't attend both. Um, and I'm hearing a lot of chatter about people that are pretty excited to go to Paris in uh, October. Right. So maybe they're trying to catch people who are going to miss London, you know, convince them to come to Chicago in April. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, I don't know what the play is, but it's it's a ballsy move, you know. and it, Super it, it's ballsy a, move. And it, it, it looks good on Freeze. It makes the fair model look great. You know, it kind of maybe even helps Basel in a way. No, it doesn't look great. The Abiza art fair. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've been catching this in your Instagram feed. A little but, you bit. Know, Some, the, somehow. Uh, you know, uh, an island that in the late 80s was, you know, where the kind of second summer of love happened with the uh, the advent of electronic, or not the advent, but the popularization on the European continent of electronic dance music and MDMA. Uh, and since that point has been the site of like somewhat cheesy people who want to go party, but some also some beautiful terrain and some beautiful nature and beaches. Um, everyone always wants to say, oh no, Ibiza isn't just the clubs. But it seems like everyone who goes to Ibiza at least ends up at least one night in the clubs. It's unavoidable. I've been to Ibiza once and I spent 
two marvelous days eating incredible food, just like great seafood. Went on a hike to the top of the mountain. There was a Takashi Murakami show opening at the Cirque du Soleil guys' R.I.P. space. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hung out with with you know Tim Blum and Jeff Poe, who were who were there to fet Murakami and Kim Chang, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she was there. Different time, different time. It was a different time. It was a different time. And then you ended up at Pasha doing research drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it to Pasha. I went to some dumb club. I can't even remember what it was. Um, but like, not really for me. Is what I'm saying. Well, but then you have this art fair. And it looks like it's art for people who have done too many research chemicals. <laughs> it's like very cartoony, very graffiti adjacent, like third generation cause esque kind of work, right? God, a is lot there- of like bad representational painting that's kind of cartoony. Is this like not good enough for Alec Monopoly? Is that, is that what we're saying? Is I mean, it- it's it's more within the art world we know than Alec okay. is. So okay. I'll say that much. You know, and there are a couple of like galleries that I'm friends with, and like I'm sure they're just doing it because it's fun. Um, but it's definitely the type of people that collect Alec Monopoly. They think they're getting more tasteful when they go to this fair, and like maybe they are, but it's a it's less it's a less amount of degrees than they think it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll go next year. Hey, if we get flown out and someone wants to give us a ride. Maybe. Who knows? Fuck it. I'll go there. Yeah. Why um, not? But, you know, it was just, I, I was amused by the low-level art advisors and collectors that were <laughs> all, uh, you know, bleary-eyed attending straight from the club, perhaps. Oh, God. It sounds like a nightmare. Um, speaking of sad events, mm-hmm. uh, our friend, uh, the, the dealer, Simon Lee, uh, who said that, you know, some, some kind of, there have been some stutter steps with real estate, some notices posted in the past. He said it was a, some sort of tax issue that he had worked out with Her Majesty's, uh, uh, I forget what they call it, Her Majesty's Revenue Council or something. Yeah, some like. Who knows? Some monarchist stuff. I guess it would be His Majesty's now. Excuse oh, me. Sorry. We, yeah, they got a king, <laughs> sorry, bro. Sorry, Charlie. I'm trying to forget you exist. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, he has been, the, the gallery has gone into receivership, which is, from what I understand, the UK version of bankruptcy, mm-hmm. uh, where trustees have been put into place, um, some people from like KPMG or something like that, some version thereof. Uh, to unwind the business, to pay off the debts uh, of its artists and what, to its artists and, and its creditors, um, but it seems like it is the end of the road for Simon's uh, concern. Very sad, concerning Simon. Great, great guy, great gallerist. Uh, he had outposts in Hong Kong and for a brief time in New York. Put on some amazing shows. Yeah, you know, he had great, guy had great taste. Was a great secondary matter, uh, secondary market dealer or good secondary market dealer, but. I think eventually, you know, you can only rob Peter to pay Paul so much before Peter gets wise to it. Does this mean there are no more fabulous dim sum lunches in Hong Kong? Fuck. Because Simon Lee threw the greatest lunch that any, any member of the art world could ever attend. Fuck. I was, just, I was sad for the artists, obviously the employees and stuff, mm-hmm. but now I'm sad for me and, <laughs> and the goose that likes to go in my tummy. Oh, that goose. I guess, the goose, I guess the goose came out ahead in this. <laughs> yeah. This will save uh, a few geese in um, Hong Kong. And what's up next for you in the summertime, Nate? You going back upstate soon? Or you? I know you've been banging out some words that mm-hmm. will, people will read eventually in the magazines. There is some crazy stuff cooking, Vanity Fair-wise. I can't say more, but stay tuned. It's wild. I'm still uh, looking for my name in bold type in the in the print edition, you know. I uh, that that's coming. That's uh, coming. Okay. Uh-oh, I hope, I hope in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Now, uh, we've been go- spending a lot of time upstate. Uh, of course, also some time in the city. We're going to Martha's Vineyard next weekend, which we're quite excited about. Um, and, yeah, just, you know, kicking it, like, in, in Kingston, mostly. Yeah. Kicking it in Kingston. All right, buddy. I think that's all we got time for. 
Oh, but what a special live Sag Harbor based note. And we'll, we'll try and be more regular with the summer pods, but mm-hmm. honestly, it's summer, man. It's I'm an summer. art advisor. It's hard to get it together. We'll 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 do it weekly. We'll give you guys what you want. Okay, and, I can and, I can commit to that. I and I'll be back that. out here in, in August, so we'll do another live pod soon. I'll be here, man. I ain't, God willing, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, I love coming to the Hamptons. I love the Hamptons. Love right. me some Hamptons. That's it from a summertime edition of Nota Bene. We out. Out. <laughs>